Welcome to She Persisted. I'm your host, Sadie Sutton, a 19-year-old from the Bay Area studying psychology at the University of Pennsylvania. She Persisted is the teen mental health podcast made for teenagers by a teen. In each episode, I'll bring you authentic, accessible, and relatable conversations about every aspect of mental wellness. You can expect evidence-based teen-approved resources, coping skills, including lots of DBT, insights, and education in each piece of content you consume. She Persisted offers you a safe space to feel validated and understood in your struggle while encouraging you to take ownership of your journey and build your life worth living. So let's dive in. This week on She Persisted. There are very little things you can do, like start going to new places. That cliche quote, when a flower doesn't bloom, you don't blame the flower, you change the conditions that it's in. And we're all, you know, flowers or plants in our own regard. And we can do little things. If you visit someplace new, you will find a new part of yourself there. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of She Persisted. Happy Tuesday or whatever day it is that you are listening. I know that you're going to leave today's episode feeling motivated and confident and inspired and full of self-love because we have the lovely Mary Jelkowski today on the podcast. She is the host of Mary's Cup of Tea. She is the author of The Gift of Self-Love. She is one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram, and I've been following her for a couple years now. And this was just a phenomenal conversation to have with her. We talk all things from her journey with self-love and an eating disorder and how that originated. We talk about how social media impacts our mental health and body image and how you can shift this relationship. We talk about how exactly you can start to improve your self-love, improve your body image, and advice for starting a journaling practice because this is something Mary found so helpful in her experience. And while I have tried to journal, I'm a five-minute journaler. Like, I haven't fully mastered that yet. So, picked her brain. We got all the tips for how to start and sustain a journaling practice, what she's found helpful, the benefits, etc. So, I hope you love this episode as much as I did. I hope it helps you wherever you are on your journey with your self-love and body image. So with that, let's dive in. Thank you so much for joining me today, Mary. I'm so excited to have you on She Persisted and talk all things self-love and confidence and your mental health journey. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited. Of course. So I'd love to start with your mental health journey. What made you decide to start sharing your tips for improving self-love and helping other individuals on their journey to confidence and self-acceptance and improving their self-esteem? Well, I struggled a lot with my body image in particular growing up ever since I was like 10, 11 years old, I started dieting really early on and always feeling insecure in my skin. That translated to a lot of different problems with self-worth, especially in my relationship with boys and men. And the more of that kind of validation that I received, I would feel good in the moment, but over time, I would feel a lot worse. And I just took all of that blame and shame and lack of self-worth and channeled it into my body. And I tried to make myself as small as possible to, you know, not get the attention. It was this weird battle between like me, but not too much so that I get hurt. And a lot of things related to sexuality and worthiness and all of those really difficult elements. So, When I was 16, 17 years old, I got into a really ugly industry, which was the bodybuilding space. 
And I started not only working out obsessively, but also competing in bikini fitness competitions. And if you've ever seen those, you basically prance out in a tiny little bikini in front of old male judges. And I was 17 years old. And that was my way of like, okay, if I could get a trophy of some sort and prove that my body was good enough, then I'll be happy. And that just never happened. And instead I completely destroyed my body, my mind, my soul, and everything just started falling apart. So after getting out of that, which was really, really hard, I just started sharing my journey online. I took a really long break off the internet and then I slowly but surely came back and just started writing about what had happened and why I quit. I also moved to another country and just started sharing that to my personal little Instagram, you know, and a lot of people, just women especially, started coming forward saying that a very similar thing has happened to me too, or I've felt the same way. And from there, my following just started growing. And here we are today. I love it. It's funny, I occasionally will end up on that side of TikTok with all of the bikini competition and bodybuilding content, especially those viral videos where the girls will eat their first cookie after a competition, or like a donut. And you're like, just what is happening here? Like, it's Wait, just... Does that still exist? Yes. I get these all the time on my For You page. You know, it's crazy. I left and I looked back for about a year. But Mm -hmm. after there was a moment where I just cleansed everything, like my social media, my Facebook, and it really goes to show just how the algorithm, it does learn from you and it knows that I... Yeah, I don't like that. So I haven't seen that kind of stuff in years, years, years. So I was kind of hoping that it wasn't as trendy, but I guess I'm just hanging out on a different side of the internet. That's like the funniest thing about TikTok is you realize how many of these different niches that you're just like never aware of. I have never attempted bodybuilding. I will go to the gym sometimes, but yeah. I'm always like my self-discipline is so bad. But sometimes you get these random videos that pop up and there's these niches for these kinds of things. And just like seeing the emotions go across these girls' faces from not having eating this one thing for like six or eight weeks spending all of this time working towards this goal. It's just it's very interesting from an outsider's perspective to see. Yeah, yeah. And I was that person and behind the scenes, you know, we would film the first few bites, but we wouldn't film us binge eating ourselves yeah. into a coma and then going into these vicious cycles of feeling really guilty and ashamed and then starting over again the next day, but then somehow falling back into the cycle. And this would just go on for months and years. And there were some women that I competed with that were literally in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and had kids and a family, and they would still be living like that, just in this never ending vicious cycle. P.S. I just want to say, it's not that you don't have the self-discipline. You probably just don't enjoy True. stereotypical gym workouts and that's okay. I don't either. Yeah. Running, I'm like, would rather not. I just do the Stairmaster instead any day than going on a treadmill for 30 minutes. And yeah. It's not fun for my lungs. It's not fun for me. <laughs> but yep. yeah, I really love what you said about the algorithm knowing what you like and what you don't like. And I think that's really true. I think a lot of people think about these platforms as having no control over the content that you consume and it is so not the case the algorithm is really good at what it does and if you are engaging with content that improves your mood or is funny or is calming or you're using it as a way to self-soothe 
the algorithm will pick up on that. My favorite example is my Instagram explore page because a lot of people's are, I don't know, like fashion or travel and mine is like just dog videos. It's dog videos <laughs> and nail videos because Instagram knows that if yeah. I go to the explore page, that's all I want to see is cute little dogs and cute nails to find inspiration for. So being a critical consumer can be a really great way to kind of improve your not even relationship with social media, but the emotions that it evokes when you open those apps and you do have control in that process. It's not something that just happens to you. Yeah. You've given me something to think about because I think everyone, myself included, really likes to shit on Instagram. And I've realized like TikTok brings me a lot more joy as a consumer, but Instagram is kind of where more of my work is. Mm -hmm. And that's probably why TikTok brings me a lot more joy is because I'm much newer there. I don't use it for work as much and I just consume funny stuff. So then I get yeah. funny stuff. So TikTok only shows me things that would make me laugh or think. And I really enjoy that. Whereas on Instagram, my algorithm over the past 10 years that I've been on there, but more seriously, the past five, it just shows me people like me. When you're on a platform and you only follow people that are like you, not only are you living in this echo chamber which is a problem in and of itself and you're not really learning about anything else but you're also creating an environment most conducive to comparing yourself to others because we don't compare ourselves to people that are different from us or that inspire us or that we're learning from because we're too busy feeling positively about that experience whereas if somebody's really close to you, like they're in their same industry, it's the person next door, it's your ex-best friend Maybe from high school. they have the same hair color, like you're following yeah. them because they have a similar body type, whatever it right. is. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's looks or lifestyle, mm -hmm. you compare yourself that much more. Brene Brown wrote about this pretty eloquently and the example she gave is she's a swimmer and when she's swimming, she's not comparing herself to an Olympic athlete she's comparing herself to the person in the lane next to her and trying to beat them across the lane. And that's just human nature. You've given me something to think about that maybe not all of the issues in the apps, but some of it is the way we're approaching it. But I mean, so much of it is just how we're wired. The things that are front of mind when we scroll on these apps, the things that get the views and the follows, are the things that invoke the negative emotions. It's the clickbait. It's the things that are shocking. That's because as humans, we pay more attention to these negative things. And so these apps know this and the algorithms work that way. And so it's both. You have some control and it's being aware of our quote unquote weaknesses and the way that we consume content and news. And yeah. we're, we're probably going to look for the negative things. The things that are shocking will gain more attention. And we're curious, we're interested about those things and they're natural. And it's like, okay, how do I counteract that a little bit? Knowing yeah. that that's kind of how I'm going into this situation, already being at a bit of a deficit from being just a neutral consumer. Mm -hmm. You're so bright. And okay, one last thing I'm going to say to this. I yeah. actually just had a meeting with my publisher because I'm coming out with a new self-love journal. And I was talking about how Instagram just isn't the place that it used to be for me in terms of like the growth that I've experienced and success and even sales and certain brand deals. And that sometimes influences my self-esteem. And I look back at, you know, what I was sharing five years ago when I was in recovery from an eating disorder where I just dropped out of bodybuilding. You know, it was this very trendy industry where all I was doing was talking shit about that experience and posting very controversial things. You know, back then nobody really knew what diet culture was or how detrimental it was to our mental health. And I was 
one of the first that was like really loudly speaking up about it in my images and my posts on Instagram. And I just don't do that anymore because over the years, and this is such a normal reaction, I think anybody who is dealing with or working through anything, you kind of go very far against that thing you're fighting and you swing this direction. And I I don't mean in a negative sense. I mean, you have to, it's a necessary part of the healing yeah. process. You and have to make strong emotions are coming up. Yeah. Yes. And you have to channel those. Like your whole life becomes anti-diet culture, anti-bodybuilding, anti-fitness, anti-everything that messed you up in the first place. And then eventually when you find peace with yourself, you find peace with those things too. That to a point where, just like I said at the beginning, not only do they not bother me that much anymore, but like, I just don't see it. It's not in my circle, my frame of reference. So all that time back to like, maybe that's why my social media just looks a little bit different is because I'm a little bit more at peace and I'm not really posting things to provoke people into those, you know, clicks. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's something that anyone can implement if you feel those intense emotions arising when you're scrolling. I've never actually clicked the like, I don't want to see this. I just trust the algorithm to work and scroll back. But maybe you do that. If you follow some new creators, maybe you look under different hashtags and fill your feed with things that bring you more joy. But I'd love to hear your thoughts about before you got to the point where you're like, I'm completely at peace with this when you were in those beginning stages, leaving bodybuilding, struggling with body image. What were those first steps for someone that is beginning that journey? They're like, I really want to improve my self-love. I'm definitely not where I want to be, but I don't know where to start. What would you say to them? And what were some tips from your experience? Yeah, well, the first thing is your environment and we not to belabor the point but your digital environment is such a huge part of our environment now so so much time on it yeah yeah you so beautifully summarize that like there are parts of it that you're in charge of for me my environment like everything was all about fitness and beauty standards and body and I was a freshman at Arizona State University I was living in old town Scottsdale with the clubs and the parties and the cosmetic surgeries and all of that I was going to the popular gym in the area because that's like what everybody did and I was doing all those things so literally the first thing I wasn't ready to like quit the gym but the first thing I did was I canceled that membership. I went to a different gym, like maybe where people didn't know me or where it felt like it was a little bit more of a gentler environment as opposed to this masculine, like scary place that was very triggering for me. And I also am very dramatic, balls to the wall kind of person. <laughs> and I did end up moving away to a totally different city, country, actually. And I switched universities, which I'm so grateful to have just had the opportunity to do that. And I know not everybody can do that, but there are very little things you can do, like start going to new places. That cliche quote, when a flower doesn't bloom, you don't blame the flower, you change the conditions that it's in. And we're all, you know, flowers or plants in our own regard. And we can do little things. If you visit someplace new, you will find a new part of yourself there. Whether that's like visiting a new side of TikTok or a new side of your hometown. I think we all know the experience of traveling or going somewhere or meeting someone. People are such a big part of your environment that seem to bring out the best in you. And you're like, wait, I thought I had all these problems, but for whatever reason, I feel so good and comfortable here or with you. And that's like the first place I would start is environment. 
mm-hmm. really checking the conditions. Did you notice that the way that you talk to yourself, like your thought patterns, the quintessential like looking in the mirror, did you notice that inner dialogue shifted as your environment did or was that its own challenge to kind of navigate and dive into? I think there's a two-parter to that. Like there were some parts that did change right away and there were other parts that I'm like oh I can't run away from myself some things do follow you for sure but when I moved from Scottsdale Arizona to Calgary Canada like in Canada it's cold people are wearing sweaters I went to yeah I was in a university and a degree program that was all about intellect the focus was just different I didn't join a new gym when I was up there didn't get into like those kinds of communities so Of course, like when I looked at myself in the mirror, was I so ashamed and at times disgusted by myself and my weight gain, which for so long I was conditioned to think was the worst thing in the world? Yes. But did I make it my entire self-worth to a point where I wouldn't see people or wouldn't talk to anyone or wouldn't like go out, which is things that I would do when living here because I was so embarrassed by the external pressures? No, that place really healed that part of me. So I think there are two sides to that. So when you're checking the conditions, it is it is the first step and then you can work outside in. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm on a never ending quest to figure out the best way to be productive and efficient with my time and stay focused when I have to study or do homework or get work done or work on the podcast. And I think I have found a solution. It's called Magic Mind. It has been the perfect addition to my morning routine on days that I have a bunch of classes or an exam or just a lot of studying to do. It helps me get an extra boost of caffeine without drinking multiple cups of coffee and being super anxious and overwhelmed and not feeling great physically but I'm still able to be energized and focused and productive and de-stressed. It has a ton of amazing natural ingredients in it to help you be the most productive, focused, and de-stressed as possible. My favorite is matcha because it has less caffeine and coffee, but your body absorbs it better. It also has L-theanine, which helps reduce stress. So rather than having three cups of coffee, being riddled with anxiety and overwhelmed, you are able to be focused and in the zone. The Magic Mind team was so sweet. They gave me a code for 40% off, but it only lasts 10 days. So the code is She Persisted. You will get 40% off your subscription. You could also go to magicmind.co, not.com, slash She Persisted. Again, that's magicmind.co slash She Persisted and get 40% off your subscription for the next 10 days. So you have a journal coming out. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how journaling plays a role in this. And then for people that like the idea of journaling, but haven't journaled before. Tips for kind of starting out that process and having that be a tool in their toolbox in their journey. I think everyone knows the benefits of journaling, or I hope that everybody (laughs) knows. And I I think that it's one of those things that everyone, myself included, is like, I got to start journaling and you just never do. It's like meditating. (laughs) Right? Yeah, that (laughs) I cannot speak to that because I've been thinking about doing it for five years. And (laughs) I, you know, it's funny, I listen to meditation podcasts, but I cannot bring myself to do it. It's just Um, more difficult. It's just a whole different, you're like, it's five minutes, but you're like, but it's five minutes. I'll do it tomorrow. (laughs) It's the same thing about me and my writing. Like, I save so many prompts or things I want to write. Do I ever do it? No. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So I think journaling is very much one of those things. And I received this advice from a dear friend who is an avid journaler. And this was before I wrote the self-love journal, 
in 2020, right as the pandemic started, we all know what went down. Everything was really scary and uncertain. And my boyfriend at the time, now fiance, was one of the first people to get COVID and he was down for a month. Wow. And because things were so new and weird, it wasn't something that I wanted to share publicly right away only to be bombarded with opinions. So I was like, okay, I have never taken a social media break. Maybe I should try. And one of my intentions for this break while being alone and his main caretaker, as he was like passed out in the other room, pretty much like the only way for me. Oh, and it's really hot in Arizona. It was June in Arizona. So I was just wrapped in the house like could and not like even... no one knew what to do at that point you're like do we wipe down boxes do you drink more yeah. water like the masks exactly. were in a thing yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that was back when like they said don't even go outside so I'm like <laughs> sitting here in this mm-hmm. exact spot and journaling was one of the things and I picked up a book called the artist's way and it's a very intense approach to journaling because it's all about unlocking your creativity And of course it was a battle for me. So I reached out to my girlfriend. She gave me this advice. She's like, instead of trying to sit down and journal all these pages, like your expectations are, why don't you just sit down and journal for one minute? Tell yourself that you're going to journal for one minute or write one sentence. Like maybe you start by writing one sentence a day. And it's one of those, I guess, mental hacks that when you make a micro micro the microiest goal for yourself ever not only are you going to accomplish it but you're probably also going to exceed it and no matter how small the goal it's going to feel good it's like a making your bed kind of thing even though it's just making your bed it's going to make you feel a little bit better about life and for me journaling was one of those things so I think people who are trying to journal like do one minute or write one sentence and just start there and let that be enough. Yeah. I really like the five minute journal as well. Whenever I do it, I'm like, is this really journaling? But it's just such a a nice way to have really clear prompts. There's a nice little quote in there. You do your gratitude. You say what you're looking forward to. It's a very simple way to add that into your routine and then you can build on it. And I I totally relate to what you're talking about, the micro habits. I remember at one point in therapy, I was like, I want to start moving more and exercising more because it was COVID. I was getting like 250 steps a day and I was like, something's got to change. This is not great for my mental health, for my physical health, anything. But because there was like no habit established whatsoever. I was having the most difficult time like going on walks or being consistent with moving. And so my therapist was like, you're just going to do five jumping jacks once a day. And I remember even that for some reason was kind of difficult and it was less about the task itself, but about the habit building and remembering to do it and following through. And I was like, oh, I forgot to do that yesterday. But starting so small to the point where you're like, can this even be a goal? And then building that consistency. And I think it's interesting to think about this concept from the book Atomic Habits, where it's the idea of are your habits leading to an identity or are your habits leading to an outcome? And it's the idea of being like, I'm working out to become, I don't know, like the kind of person that goes to the gym or the kind of person that takes daily walks or an athlete or however you want to describe it versus I'm working out to lose five pounds. And it's like the difference between your goal ending when you hit whatever that 
is versus having something that is consistent and long-term and becomes a part of your identity and continues to have benefits. And I think that's really helpful to think about, especially with things like journaling or daily things, whether it's reading or meditating. Yeah. Even if you're doing that one minute, writing down a string of thoughts, if you're doing that every day, you're a journaler, you're doing the thing. Yeah. And I think we just get so in our heads about what it should mean to journal every day or to meditate. It's like, No, Mm -hmm. realistically, you're not going to go and sit outside in the freezing cold for an hour to like test your mental strength and just be with your thoughts all the time. Like that doesn't have to be the definition, but the consistency does so much for self-esteem and confidence and just goal setting and mental health in general. Yes. I love the example and how it translates like working out to lose five pounds as opposed to, to be a more active person or get Mm -hmm. more activity in my life or journaling to solve all of my life's problems in one session and write my next novel or screenplay versus because I want to take a proactive micro step for my mental health and consistency. It's its own kind of discipline. And I'm like atomic habits. It's the superior kind of discipline if you do one minute every day for 365 days that is so much cooler than doing 365 minutes of binge journaling or whatever that one is one day yeah yeah 100 mm-hmm. i i love that if you could give one reminder to someone who's really struggling with their their confidence their body image their self-esteem right now that you wish you would have heard back at the beginning of your journey what would it be Ooh, one piece of advice. Okay. The biggest thing, and I talk about this in my TED talk and I'm like, do I over talk about this? But I really think there's no it's such a new thing audience. Because... Let's go for it. Yeah. And also like, even if, if you've heard it or you watch it or whatever, it's one of those things that like, I have to remind myself of it every day. And I came up with it. And this is the sentence. Your body is not an image it's an experience. So every time you're like, oh my God, how does my body look? Oh my God, how does it look to them? What should I wear? What am I you know, perceived as? And you're in that trap of self-objectification, which is basically our default at this point because of our image-driven society. Side note, I often question about how I play into this, just being on social media and seeing that front-facing camera all the time as part of my job. So for me, that's like why I have to self-talk my way through it. But before it was because I was spending so much time looking at my body instead of feeling in it and just enjoying it and what it does for me. I think a lot about how even the word body image is kind of deceiving because it is again, all about that perception. And what if we stepped away from that for a second? What if like fuck your perception of your body like who cares what you think it looks like and you would, like, you'll never truly experience your body like objectively and see that image so the yeah. fact that we spend so much time freaking out about it and thinking about it and ruminating and doing all these things to shift it it's like why it doesn't yeah. really make sense when you logically think about it yep And notice how I said, like, I'm not saying who cares what you look like. I mean, that's okay. Easier said than done. Everybody to some extent probably cares what they look like. I'm saying who cares what you think you look like. It's so just like you said, you're not getting an accurate picture, no matter, you know, how everybody kind of hates the sound of their own voice. Unless you have a podcast and you just listen to it all the time. (laughs) 
I can't even listen to the sound of my own voice. It feels so weird. Because it was like a muscle. I had to like yeah. really work up to it. And I'm like, oh, I guess that makes sense what I'm saying. But beginning, I was And like, you did oh. that kind of exposure therapy oh, and yeah. it worked. It worked. Maybe I should listen to myself more often, but every time it makes me go up because your mouth and your ears and your brain are so close together that you only hear it in a certain way echoed yeah. in this headspace skeleton of ours. Mm-hmm. And so when you hear it like from the outside, you're like, oh my God, is that how I sound? But yes, sure, that's how you sound, but it's not bad. Yeah. And in the same way, that's with your body. Like you're seeing yourself in this one way. Technically, we never actually see our real self. We only ever see our reflection, which like the way it's mirrored. That's why when- real. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like remember that TikTok trend where they like switch the, what is mm-hmm. that called? Like they mirrored it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, or they unmirror the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And suddenly you're Everyone's like, oh my like, God, I'm distorted. Oh, like yeah. Yeah. Of course, if you're scrutinizing yourself that way, you're not going to feel good, but your body is not an image. It really is an experience. And for anybody struggling with body image or body acceptance, feeling comfortable, confident in their skin, reminding yourself that you don't have to like how your body looks to still enjoy your life. Sometimes you'll have a bad body image day. And just give it less significance. Yeah. And I think the problem with body image, specifically female perception of body image, is that we have been taught to put all of our value, most all of our value into our appearance. So it hurts that much more. Whereas, you know, a pimply, scrawny boy, like, yes, that bullying is real and self-image is difficult and puberty is hard and growing is its own beast. But when we look at general trends, boys just don't care as much because they weren't forced to care as much. They didn't grow up from day zero being told that this is the most important thing about them. So it's really tough if you're raised as a girl or woman in this society but with these again the micro goals the micro steps if you're not feeling good in your body usually it's because you didn't poop that morning so just move on with your life and do keep going (laughs) yeah you just keep going I love that and at the time that we're recording this the TikTok trend this week is that like zoom filter where you see your face right next to the front facing camera and it's kind of distorted because the way your selfie camera works like you're really close to it it's a little bit rounded and then it zooms out and then you quote unquote see yourself how other people see you and there's so many of these videos of people reacting and being like that's what I look like either in a positive or a negative way and the fact that we just have such skewed ideas of what we look like from constantly sending snapchats or instagram stories or tiktoks and all these things that you're like i don't even know what i look like from that direction it just makes you think about how we are viewing ourselves and how inaccurate it is because if the way that you view yourself is from like two inches away on your selfie camera how is that applicable to real life no one is viewing you two inches away through your selfie camera so it's not worth spending the mental energy on yeah and that's just become our life it's so sad like even right now on zoom i constantly have to hide self view because otherwise i'm talking to you but i'm looking at myself that's not natural yeah or we walk by a window or a car and we're body checking and social media like you said sending snapchats back and forth we're always seeing that and that's constantly how we're perceiving ourselves and even when we're not we're thinking about that external perception it's not fun it's, it's not ideal. Yeah. It's like very black mirror matrixy to think about. 
Like, yeah. if we thought about this 50, 100 years ago, everyone would be like, what are you talking about? Because it just yeah. seems so crazy that these are the, the challenges that we're dealing with and the way that we're viewing ourselves and so many teens are struggling. Definitely something needs to shift. And I think a lot of the tips that you gave in this episode are a great place to start, whether it's micro habits with journaling, whether it is changing your both digital and physical environment. And I think all of those are little steps that that help improve not even the way your body image or the way you see yourself, because that's not the point, but the way that you experience life and your body and all of that. So, so many moments of wisdom. Thank you so much for joining me today. Where can listeners follow along with you and continue to consume all your content? I'm at Mary's Cup of Tea across the board. The Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. Instagram is where I mainly hang out because I'm old, but I'm trying to get over <laughs> on the TikTok. We um, all are. Everyone is yeah. always like trying TikTok. It's I just, know, it's, right? What, it's like meditating. It's a lot of work. It's going to happen <laughs> at some point, but we're not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of these young people that are killing it, they're so inspiring. Yeah. And I love I love being a part of that. Yeah. And my website, maryscapefifty.com has stuff, including both of my books, The Gift of Self-Love and 100 Days of Self-Love, which is the new journal that has 100 days of self-love journaling prompts. And Sadie, I just want to thank you for tying such a beautiful bow onto this conversation <laughs> and being so bright and eloquent. I oh, thank you. am going to journal about what we talked about today. Yay. Yeah, there's a lot there I don't want to forget. Yeah, I love it. And yeah, thank you so much. I'm so glad we got to do this. Same here. Thanks, Sadie. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of She Persisted. If you enjoyed, make sure to share with a friend or family member. It really helps out the podcast. And if you haven't already, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also make sure to follow along at at She Persisted Podcast on both Instagram and TikTok and check out all the bonus resources, content, and information on my website, ShePersistedPodcast.com. Thanks for supporting, keep persisting, and I'll see you next week.